here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Post-draft edition of the Brit Rest Roundtable, a draft which I would like to point out I am completely dominating by a whole 5% in the vote at the moment. Um, yes, winning, of course. Uh, this is going to be a mini episode of the Brit Rest Roundtable. It, it is me and Ollie, on just me and Ollie on this episode. Hello. Um, we, we've said mini episodes before with just the two of us and then we've ended up going three hours plus, but hopefully this, uh, that won't happen again. Um, basically, Uprising's on Friday, we, Arn is busy all this week, I haven't had a chance to watch the progress chapter 33, I think, whichever one Malice is, um, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet, so we obviously can't talk about that. It's a secret. It is a secret. We will uh, be withholding <laughs> our views because we could have loved it or could have hated the booking. Who knows? Unless you follow us on Twitter, then you probably know. But uh, yes, we'll hold that back till next episode when we will also be talking about Uprising after seeing it. But we still need to preview it. So that's what this episode is. But but before we get into that, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for, for getting into the, the draft, uh, which was the last episode. Uh, we got a lot of positive um, feedback for that, which was was nice. We weren't sure how it would play out. It could have just ended up being uh, us reading out a hundred names uh, between the four of us and people listening to a minute of it and going, nope, not for me, tune out. But uh, it seems like you liked it, so um, thanks, I guess. And we will potentially be doing stuff like that again Um End of the year, we'll definitely be doing the Britties again, um, maybe in a slightly more structured format. Last time it was kind of, we threw up some categories and I, I did a little bit of prep because I was the one who came up with it, but I, I don't think uh, either Arn or yourself, Ollie, had uh, had had too much planned going into that Yeah, that just episode. kind of throwing names out. <laughs> It'll be a rig- rigorous selection progress next time. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and then... Well, maybe next year we'll, we'll be doing a draft again. Um, not entirely sure how we'll handle that, well, whether we'll be able to uh, build upon pre-existing rosters or what. But uh, yeah, we've got a year to think about that. Um, voting is still open. 
by the time this comes out it may have just closed but uh um if you've listened to the last episode and haven't voted yet um and you're listening to this as soon as it's coming out there may still a chance for you to vote uh there's a thread on the voice of wrestling forums uh laying out everyone's cards um and plans for their promotion uh going forward and uh I'll I'll reel off the percentages just so I get a, an extra chance to brag especially if uh, they they turn uh before the the voting closes I'll I'll, I'll get this victory in now ahead of time um Ollie you're in last place with only 9% it's it's a sad day indeed no no one has taken to uh the Tony Storm Mayo Iwatani main event but I've got cooking up. Kyler Riley, Joe Coffee. No one, no one wants it. Well, nine percent won it. Ian is in third place with twenty percent of the vote, uh, with his like ninety-nine percent Scottish roster. I imagine those twenty percent are Scottish listeners. Um, Arn is in second and hot on my heels at thirty-three percent, with his um, leaders-led roster. And in a glorious and dominant first place, uh, my roster, led by Will Ospreay, who's only going to be there one in every four shows. Um, and I I can't even remember who was the second person I drafted at this point. Uh, Big Daddy Volta, I believe. Big Daddy Volta. He'll be there all the time, and he's great. So that's why people do both <laughs> Yes, it all makes sense. Uh, at 38%. But yes, my will will transition away from my my bragging. Unfortunately, Big Daddy Volta is not going to be on this uprising card, so that segue doesn't quite work. But Will Ospreay is, and he's in the main event of Uprising 2016, taking place at the York Hall, Bethnal Green, in London, Friday, August 12th. Yeah, let's preview this card. Do we want to start with Osprey or? We may as well get it out the way because it's the main <laughs> event and it's the card. It's the match on the card I have the least interest on. I will probably end up skipping it if I'm honest. Um, wow! Because That's... I'm very behind on a lot of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so wasting time on 2016 Vader matches, probably not what I'm going to be doing. Yes, from that you can probably gather that I am not that interested in Vader versus Will Ospreay. Are you? Well, the fact that I'm not going to the show would suggest that I'm not, but uh, I'm not completely down on it either. I, it's stunt booking, certainly, but it, if Osprey brings the fire, brings the emotion that he's capable of, it could be interesting, could be a fun match. Vader's just going to like stand there and do nothing, um, and I'm kind of okay with that. That's all he can really do. But if Osprey just flips around him and like shouts and screams and brings the crowd into it, it, it really depends on what the crowd's thinking. If they're kind of dead for it and not interested in it, then it could really fall flat. But if if they're invested, if they're invested in the story, then it could really work, actually. Yeah, you say if they'll be into it, the show has sold out. It sold a lot of tickets based on just this match. Yeah. So I imagine they will be into it. Um, it's not for me, and it's not for a lot of the people who generally go to these York Hall shows. I think, but um, it's yeah, it's reaching a different audience, kind of. Even so, Will Ospreay in that building, um, he can do no wrong. So they'll they'll be into him. 
yes, I've said it about a hundred times. It's not for me. I really don't like it. I completely see it as a waste of Osprey, um, who isn't going to be, you know, potentially there's, what, 20 York Hall shows that he'll be doing, you know, that's, that'll, maybe that's even, numbers even a bit high by the end of his contract with New Japan, um, I think that ends 2018, and who knows what he's going to be doing from there. He's my favourite wrestler, and I just want to make the best out of him while while he, I still have an opportunity yeah. to see him live and see him in my favourite um, venue to watch wrestling. And Vader is not an opponent that would be in one of those 20 if I was picking it. But they've sold out the show, maybe not just through Osprey Vader, because the rest of this card is very strong, and has drawn a lot of people, uh, and uh, the segment of the audience that perhaps wouldn't be drawn in by Vader Osprey are being drawn in a lot by the rest of the card. Um, so, you know, you can uh, tip your hat to Andy for well-balancing the card, I guess. Um, as long as Vader comes in and he actually shows up, which is always somewhat up in the air with Vader, in the UK especially, um, and puts over Osprey. Osprey wins in a you know a spectacle of a match that's as good as it can be. Then you can't really fault them too much for booking it. But yeah, you can tell it's not for us, and it's probably not for most people listening to um, to this. My my expectations. If we're doing a one to ten gimmick, it's I can't I can't say zero out of ten because there there is a morbid curiosity, but it's, you know it's a free. It's a free at best. Yeah, I think the fact that neither of us are going to the show kind of points out that we're not interested in it enough to put down like thirty pounds to go see it. But yeah, I'll still be watching and... it. I'll still be watching the match. I'm not going to skip it at all. And I have limited expectations for it, but I don't think it's going to be terrible either. I think it'll be watchable. Like we're we're both people who pretty much go. It's very rare that neither, like, neither one of us are at a York Hall show. We both love the York Hall shows. We both mm. love the atmospheres. We we love we love the the whole event around the show uh, that's built up, especially in the last few shows. Summer Sizzler, especially, that was a a, re- a really lovely environment to just be surrounded by um, everyone from Eurograps Twitter. Yes. Um, I I get the impression this probably won't be to the same extent. Um, I'm I'm in Buckingham. I will be for this sh- this show, which is really easy to get into London. And it, you know, I was tempted when they when they announced stuff like Hero Skirl, Saber Junior Cobb, Don Ricochet, but uh, for me, I just didn't want to to show support for that kind of main event. And you know what they say, you vote with your wallet. Um, and if I was buying buying a ticket to this show, um, it would be me saying, yes, give me more of this sort of thing. And I don't want this sort of thing. Um, yeah, give me cards tailored to me, which is usually what Red Pro shows are. Um, so I, I'm, I've been spoilt, and I want to continue <laughs> to be spoiled. Um, I will be going to, to Global Wars. Um, both nights, um, and that's when I'm up it back up in Nottingham, which is far less convenient for me to mm. come down. And um, it's Thursday, Thursday and Friday as well, which Thursday makes it and Friday, even and more difficult be... to get there. So, 
staying in London for the next week and a half and then going to the London ROH show as well. <laughs> it's not like I won't travel for graps. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gur Vader, Gur Vader. But uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about that one enough, I think. Yeah, um, People who <laughs> be into it will be into it. And then there's us. Um, but things we will be into, Chris Hero, Marty Skrull, they had a, well, I say we'll be into it. <laughs> you weren't that into it when it happened in progress, when every single other person was. Um, this is true. I When their Kamikaze Pro match in 2014, I enjoyed more than their progress match. Maybe, like, I've, I've already talked at length about that, but it's not like I don't think they're good or can have good matches together. Um, it just wasn't the right, uh, like, time or location for that match at that point. I would also like to say that Progress completely wasted that Chris Hero loss by making Skull look incredibly cheap and a fluke champion in the last two matches that he's had. So any possible impact that him beating Hero clean could have had has dissipated already. I'll just slide that one in there. I <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't disagree with that. That's, uh, haven't particularly thought of that, but yeah, that's that's another negative in the whole progress main event booking shenanigans that we'll be getting into next week but uh yeah they really did put him strong over hero and then didn't put anyone over strong in the following two show main events <laughs> so everyone came out looking worse with um this match going in your call where it's a bit more exhibition-y and a bit more like who's the best in a sort of isolated single match kind of environment rather than an ongoing story I think that suits him better than playing up, playing into the role of Skull as heel champion. Because he's so I think he hasn't have really been a heel in Rev Pro for a while. Yeah, he's he's been very tweenery, or even just face. He's he's been, I'd say, face on the York Hall shows, and then you could argue he's been heel on the cockpit shows. He's almost been like a face. So he's almost like uh, oh, how do I put this? It's like. He's trying to be a face, but no one quite believes him, and he's being acting a baby face, but everyone thinks at any moment he could turn into a heel, like in kayfabe as well as in real life. Yeah, we're all waiting for him to turn on Zach, yeah. <laughs> um, and that, you know, at the same time he's he's in there interfering in other people's matches. Um, and if you're actually reading the results of the cockpit shows, I'd say watching the cockpit shows, but you can't for a lot of the more recent ones yet. Um, but if you're reading it, it, like looking at it from a pure storyline perspective, it, it's almost like he's turning Zach heel more than um, turning on him. Uh, if anything, they're they're both leaning towards the the more villainous sides. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match. Um, Heroes tremendous. I really enjoyed the the Hero Scale match. Um, that they had in progress, and if anything, I'm looking forward to this one even more um, because of I prefer the York Hall environment to the progress environment in general. Mm. Um, that that may come off slightly controversial. Um, I know a lot of people think the progress environment's the best in the world um, for for big time matches, but um, I think. Maybe the best way to put it is York Hall is like a, um, almost like a, a Japanese 
style feel um, in like the way they the matches are presented. They're more matches for their own sake because people are here to see wrestling than the more storyline um, driven aspects uh, that you get with progress. Um, yeah, I get and I that. think that will suit Hero and Skull better. Um, and that said, I really enjoyed the progress match. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. <laughs> um, I assume Skull's winning, um, which in a way is is kind of interesting to see Hero continue to to drop fall after fall in Red Pro, like, after losing to uh, Bodum at uh, what show was that? Angle versus uh, Sabre. Yeah, Angle Sabre Junior. Um. Which you know, we're similar conversation to the one we had have with um, when we're talking about Bailey. Uh, if Hero is going to be coming over regularly, and he's been fairly regularly in the UK in the last few months, especially, um, you'd want to see him start picking up wins at some point. Otherwise, his losses stop meaning anything. But um, Marty Skill is still. We, we've been saying this for like uh, six months at this point, but it. He's still the number one contender in name, <laughs> and they want to keep him strong um, for the eventual, we assume, uh, Sabre Jr. match. Although um, it, it has started to be theorised at this point that they're, they're swerving us by not playing up to expectations. <laughs> Marty said, I'm not going to cash in on you, and all our wrestling brains have gone, well, eventually he's going to turn on him, and he's going to go <laughs> against his words. I think that um, makes the storyline even this... more intriguing in that it's not necessarily going to happen. I think it will happen. Like, yeah. with what we've been hearing, Sabre Jr. is going to be sticking around, which means eventually they will get the chance to pull the match. They just don't want to pull the trigger too early, I guess. I mean, it could happen at Global Wars, I guess. That would make sense at this point. But, as you say... Sabre Jr. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to be signing with WWE anytime soon, so I guess they have they have a lot of time to, to book it, but I wouldn't want them to hold off too long. Um, you don't want storylines to overstay their welcome. Although, I've been I've been into it so far, so I, I have no problem with them um, extending this to, to Global Wars, and uh, Hero losing to Skrull here um, is the logical, logical booking choice. Um, in what should be a very, very good match. I'm. We have seen it before recently, so I'm. I'm not like a, a ten or anything, but uh, I'm. I'm like a seven point five in anticipation <laughs> for this one. Yeah, I think it has more chance of succeeding than the progress match, and everyone already loved that. So, <laughs> should be a very strong match. Give me an out of ten. Ooh, I'll give a seven. A seven. Down on these hero scale matches. <laughs> you are you are on an island on this one. Um, it's usually me stealing my stealing my gimmicks. <laughs> um, we did just do a bit of talk about Zack Saber Junior, so I'm using that to to do a bad fourth segue into the next match. Um, he's going to be defending his uh, British undisputed British Championship uh, against Jeff Cobb. Uh, making his York Hall debut. This match originally was non-title, um, but spoilers. Um, the live at the <laughs> cockpit show that happened last weekend. Is that right? Yeah, just last yeah. Sunday. Uh, last Sunday's live at the cockpit show uh, saw Cobb beat Damo 
and um, Damo then go on to endorse uh, Cobb and kind of pressure Sabre Jr. into putting the title up against him, which he, he has agreed to do. Uh, so this is going to be a title match. And uh, also Cobb laid out... Um, Cobb also laid out uh, Sabre Jr. at the end of that show, so he'll be presumably working heel here. In... Yeah, yeah, you, you'd imagine. And I think that's probably the better dynamic. Um, big monster... Ooh, people are going to hate me for... For saying that, and that was unintentional. <laughs> um, I think everyone knows at this point. Uh, big monster Jeff Cobb uh, in there throwing around Saber Junior. Um, See, they should have been brought in uh, Zach Gowan. I think we've talked about this offer, but never <laughs> the, the Zach Gowan theory that uh, Matanza should rip Zach Gowan's leg off, or like Zach Gowan under a mask or whatever, and then <laughs> he'll be even more of a monster. <laughs> Don't know why you were talking about Matanza there, but um, <laughs> yeah, mi- this is Mister Athletic. Um, <laughs> I'll be interested to see how good this match is because I feel like I enjoy Jeff Cobb more in theory than actuality. His match with Chris Hero from PWG—I forget the show name—got a lot of hype and looked tremendous on the PWG preview. I mean, most matches look great on the preview, but. Yeah. Um, that match especially looked really, really good on the preview. Definitely. And then didn't quite live up to expectations um, in full uh, when you got around to watching the DVD. Um, it just didn't quite have the flow that, that you'd want. There, there are a lot of great spots in it, a lot of great moments, but they were almost in isolation. And I, I, I find that I'm feeling that a lot with Jeff Cobb matches. Hopefully that's not the case here, but um, they're not two people who I think would naturally mesh perfectly together. Um, Zach, obviously, with a very technical escapology style. Yes, CWC commentators, that is how you say that word. Um, <laughs> escapology. <sighs> so angry. Um, and Cobb is, you know, a pure power guy. Will they work well together? I guess we'll it's, see. Do, do you see yeah, them working it's... well together? I'm not entirely sure. I don't. I, I don't really know if Cobb has ever really worked with anyone like Saber Junior before. He's usually against like high flying guys or like the big powerhouse guys in like a big guy versus big guy match. So it's it's certainly different, but. You know, Cobb's getting a lot of hype recently, so this is a good test for him to see if he's up to it. I want it to be good, obviously. No, definitely. But, um, and I think it, if it's good, it has a chance of being very, very good, but it also have a, has a, a, a similar size chance of just not clicking and being fine. Uh, and, and another uh, Sabre Jr. time defence that I'm not overly high on. Um, but hopefully not, hopefully not. Um where do you see this going on the card now that it's a, a title match? Because I think Osprey um, Vader has the main event locked up. Yeah. Um, I th- so it'll be interesting first half to main see, event. They usually main event with the uh, title match. First half main event, I'd say, is a fair shout. I guess. I guess. Um, interesting placement for for your long time champion, but uh, may- maybe we're maybe I'm overthinking this. Another epic segue to come. Speaking of champions or former champions, hey, um, 
former cruiserweight champion, uh, who lost the um, cruiserweight championship to Will Ospreay on the uh, the last York Hall show, uh, Pete Dunne is going to be going up against Ricochet. Uh, we were talking after the last show, we were really hoping that they, they kept Pete Dunne spotlighted and in a high-profile position in RevPro um, after losing the title, um, which we were, you know, worried, maybe not quite the, the right word for it, but um, we, we really did hope that he didn't fade off into um, mediocrity or even off the cards um, in a way that Haskins has unfortunately seemed to have done recently. He's been off a few um, York Hall shows, uh, which is sad to see. Um, hopefully he's back soon. But uh, they, they've gone and put Pete Dunne straight into another high-profile matchup against Ricochet, uh, which I'm really happy to see, and I think this could be a really good match. Yeah, this is the match I'm most hyped to see. Uh, and like you say, really good that Pete Dunne is in another high-profile match. And Revpo really scored on this guy, because no one was doing anything with him last year. And then Revpo like, put him in their first show of the year and, like, the first week of January and have him win the Cruiserweight title. And since then, he's gone on to get into the bowler field and getting international recognition. And, you know, Revro can claim to be the first people to get there with him, really. Or well, maybe OTT, but, like, on that sort of international stage, you know, that was where Pete Dunne made his name in Revpro. So kudos to them for scoring on Pete Dunne. And, yeah, this match should really be good um i don't have too much to say about it other than it was going to be really good <laughs> yeah don don osprey was a low a lot 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 of fun yeah um, that was a match of a show ricochet uh, last ricochet time. is you know a, a very similar styled wrestler to osprey um maybe a little more ground based these these days but uh pete don works very well whenever he can take a reverse runner and Ricochet will give him a reverse Rana. Oh yeah, um, there's going to be a reverse Rana in this match. <laughs> it's, it's not a Pete Dunne match if there's not a reverse Rana. There's no real storyline going into this. There's It's just two really good guys who are going to have a really good match. Um, and it might be my most anticipated match on this entire card. Yeah, it's def I'm, definitely I'm like at an 8 on this one. I'll go 9. I'm really hyped. Oh. <laughs> I kind of forgot about it. It went a bit under the radar, but yeah, once we see it, we'll know about it. <laughs> and this, you know, Pete's due over in the uh, US for Bola um, pretty soon. Yeah, he's in. He's going to be in high demand very soon. Um, and this is a chance for him to. When is Bola? August. End of the month. Is it I think. August. So yeah, we're we're very close. Um, this is a, a chance for him to have another big big outing um, prior to his, I guess you would say Bola would be his, his biggest opportunity yet. Second last match on the card, because it is a fairly short card and what's been released at the moment, just six matches, uh, although we may get the, um, the traditional last minute tag match thrown on. Um, Shah Samuels vs Big Demo, this one was built up. Uh, at Summer Sizzler, when um, Damo was potentially doing his big goodbye speech, um, and then Samuels came out, attacked him from behind, uh, after his big win against Moose, um, 
Yeah, it seems like Samuels is um being built up again as a singles singles guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, and got got a win over Moose. There's a good chance he gets a win over Damo here because Damo is out the door, um, heading over to NXT. Um, they would be two big wins for him. Um, how do you feel feel about Samuels being like a, a featured singles guy again? Because I'm torn. I think he is basically good enough to be a like a, a top guy or like a high mid card guy. Um, I think he certainly deserves it. He's worked very hard. Um, he's been having pretty good matches all over the place. Um, and, you know, he had to suffer for a year in that tag team with bullshit <laughs> finishes all the time. So he kind of deserves just uh, letting loose a bit and um, thriving in a singles environment. But yeah, like you say, he's maybe not like um, an indie darling or anything like that. Yeah, he's. I'm, I, I definitely prefer him. Um, as a singles guy to to a tag guy, um, especially that team of Castle, um, and you know that that Moose match was better than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I, I I definitely. I mean, it got really one. good towards the end. So if he's gonna be on the cards, I I don't mind. Like I'm I'm happy to see him being used like this, uh, as like um I could see him as kind of a gate gatekeeper guy. He gets a few big wins here against Moose, against Damo, and then maybe he can like um, put over some younger up-and-comers, and that loss means something because he's got these wins. Um, but at the same time, would I prefer a Haskins or a Seven in this spot? Absolutely. Because um, while Samuels is good, he kind of peaks at good. While, while with a Haskins or a or uh, seven, you you've got that that potential for greatness. Yeah. Um, you're never gonna get like a match of the year contender out of Samuels. Um, he he's just not that kind of wrestler. Um, but he is good, and I guess Ian's happy at least. <laughs> I think he's the right guy to go over Demo on Demo's way out. Like Samuel sort of needs a bit more legitimacy. Um, like he's gonna be on these York Hall cards, and he's. He's pretty good, so <laughs> we'll see how good he can become, uh, like, if he can improve to a main event level. But, yeah, it's good that he at least gets the chance and gains some legitimacy from going over Demo. Because, um, by all accounts, he's in pretty close with Quilden, and he's been on every single York Hall show. Yeah. Um, I think one of only two people uh, to be on all of them. I think the other one's... No, the other one's not Skull. Can't be Skull because he was injured for some of them. I think. Um, I remember there being two, but I can't remember <laughs> who the second is. Would it be Bowden, perhaps? Uh, mm, could be Osprey or Bowden. Yeah. This is gonna. We're gonna need to look this up. <laughs> otherwise, it's just gonna bug me for the rest of the episode. Um, yeah. So apart from apart from Osprey, he's the only guy who's been on every single York Hall show. So I don't think he's going anywhere quickly. Uh, I know some people aren't huge fans of him, um, but if he's going to be on the card, this is a good way to use him. And this could be a pretty decent match. Um, I I don't have any like huge expectations for it, but I think it's got a high floor. Um, it, I I feel fairly confident that it's going to be good. Um, and at the same time, confident that it's probably not going to be great. Yeah, well, 
I would say Damo is going to go all out because it's his last uh, go around in the York Hall, but uh, <laughs> maybe he'll be saving himself for NXT. He doesn't want to kill himself before uh, he goes through like physical and all that. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice um, addition to the card, and they, they, I think, I think they built it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and they haven't set like a, a firm. This is Damo's last match. There is still a chance he could be. Um, on another show because he's not quite—I I can't quite remember what date he's he's due out. But um, there, there was some point when he wasn't taking bookings after, but I, I forget the the date of that. Um, so there is potential for Demo to have another match after this, but I feel like it probably will be his last match, and as such, it will be a Samuel's victory. Um, but. There's there's that doubt, mm. I guess, because Damo is, you know, more heavily pushed than Samuels over the last year, so it it wouldn't be a complete, complete shock to see Damo win here, um, which is always nice to, that there's some doubt in your mind. And there, and to be fair, there's that on a, in a lot of matches here. You think Samuels would win, and then finally, um, we've got the last match on the card that's been announced so far anyway. Uh, and that's Josh Bowden versus Jay White. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> Jay White has been uh, a semi-regular for, for RevPro um, recently. Well, I say a, a full regular for recently because Ring of Honor uh, is taking a brief hiatus during the G1 because they can't run shows without New Japan talent. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jay White's been over with RevPro, um, been working the cockpit taping, going to be working in uh, working the Portsmouth show. And then this show, um, he, work at the co- he works Skirl at the cockpit yeah, taping. Yeah, and he? he's doing and Haskins, Haskins at, at in Portsmouth. They're uh, three very good match. All three of them I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, and good learning opportunities for him. So, um, yeah, RevPro scoring off a New Japan partnership by uh, getting Jay White on his excursion for at least when he's not in America. So <laughs> that is very exciting because we're going to be seeing him a lot over the next year, I think. Yeah, um, and by all of all accounts, White Skirl was very good. Um, and I imagine I really see Bodum and White meshing really well too. Yeah, they're, they're similarly styled. White's a natural babyface. Bodum's a natural heel. Um, they're similarly sized too, so you don't have that thing with Bodum being the, you know, kind of feeling that he needs to dominate the match for his character, but being the smaller guy, he might be slightly smaller than white but I, I, there's not a lot in it it's not like um the um dichotomy way you, you had with hero um and bodum there there i see them meshing really well together and i think this could be a real sleeper oh yeah definitely. um like i would not be completely shocked to see this match be the best match on the card and that's saying a lot considering that you know bodum is Maybe less so this last year, but he, he's still kind of viewed as like a an up and comer, not quite a rookie anymore, but um, definitely not close to a finished project. Uh, product, pro, product. That's the word. Words are hard. Um, and then Jay White, this uh, guy over uh, his learning excursion. Yeah, so Jay White's on his learning excursion. Bodum is, you know, he's not far removed from what we would be calling a rookie. Um, and yet this match could be really, really good. I'm I'm an eight for this. Um, 
yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll go eight as well. Um, it's interesting to see that Jay White so far is just like retaining his young lion character because, like, usually when uh young lions go on excursion, they sort of change up a little bit. You know, they get color for the first ever time, and it sort of turns them crazy, and they become a new character. <laughs> um, but Jay White's just rolling with the young lion stuff for now at least so it'll be interesting to see if like he changes the gimmick at all while he's in rev pro or ring of honor um but yeah it's just exciting to have jay white here and for the first of hopefully many york hall shows yeah because he's really good um, and <laughs> yeah you said like he's learning excursion he's already like <laughs> one of the better wrestlers in britain if he's gonna in the world gonna count him yeah um should have should have been drafting him. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we all missed a trick, um, but um, well, if it, talking about uh, the way he hasn't changed his character yet, if you're like looking, especially at Watanabe, who is the the now king of darkness, evil, mm. um, he really it was a very slow uh, addition of like. Um, I guess you would say character. Yeah, he was like a biker dude at first, and then he became like a surfer dude. <laughs> well, he, like, he came he came into Ring of Honor um, pretty much full uh, young boy attire, and slowly transitioned that to yeah, you know, as you say, the the kind of looking for the the badass biker dude kind of vibe, and then suddenly turned turned all his gear pastel coloured, which was interesting, and then completely. Changed it up when he turned returned. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like, all yeah, for nothing I'm, anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be evil. I I am evil. Um. So it's it's not always, um, and not traditionally, uh, like a snap of the fingers thing. I'm on excursion. Time for me to change it all up. Um. But yeah, it will be interesting to see um it play out in front of our eyes. Uh, how Jay White develops, because it's definitely. Jay White being like a a non-Japanese young lion adds adds an extra bit of intrigue mm. into the way his excursion will play out. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to that match. Uh, that's probably the last match on the card. Although there's a good chance we do get like a, a tag tag title match um, added last minute. Um, that has happened a couple of times in the last last few York Hall shows. Uh, champions obviously being Redman and um, almost said Redman and McCluskey there. Uh, Redman and Garrett, um, though there hasn't really been any tease of who his um, opponents, who their opponents could be. Um, last year's call show, I kind of laid out a big theory about how Seven and Haskins should team up um, and to to go against them after Haskins and Seven had that match. They could have done a respect angle, become a team. Haskins has the inbuilt thing with Redman, where they never lost the tag titles together, and yet Haskins has kind of ended up um, off York Hall shows and without a championship for whatever reason. I guess um, you could do it now, but there's been an avalanche on Mustache Mountain, and Seven <laughs> no longer... Well, he is still in a tag team with Tyler Bate, but in uh, progress at least he is not, so... <laughs> There's an excuse there that you could team seven up with someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
you know, we might end up with uh, them against the Moonsault Kings, or, no, that's not even what the name is, uh, British Young Bloods, or something. Um, that match could end up happening, unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> there, yeah, well, there's a good chance we see something there. Um, overall, how, how are you, what, what's your, what's your read on this card? Um, well, it's obviously centred around Osprey, Vader, but, like, for us, it's, that's not really what the card is about. Um, it kind of feels like a transitional card, like, um, obviously Demo is on the way out, but, like, done against Ricochet will be an interesting one to see where they're going with Dunn from here. Like, I think it's sort of gearing up for Global Wars, which is sort of a centerpiece event of the year, and that'll be where we see, like, some really big matches. Um, so I'm sort of saving my money for that, or <laughs> I don't even know if I'll even be able to go to the York Hall show there. I'll try and get to the Wolfenstow show on Friday, but... Yeah, I'm just not too jazzed about the main event, and like, from my um, from my travels to progress this year, I know how much a main event can swing you on whether you enjoyed a show live or not. You really need like a big main event that like blows your socks off to really feel like you've gotten everything you could out of the show. And I feel like if I went to this, I'd just be disappointed. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I look at the card um, as like individual matches, there's a lot of stuff that I'm really into, but I'm just not feeling the hype for this show um, the way that I usually feel uh, when a York Hall show's coming it could up. Because it's the third York Hall show in three months, that could also that's, be a part of it. That's true. Um, that's definitely probably not helping matters, but... Um, there just doesn't seem much buzz about it when, you know, really, they they probably should be. I mean, it's got Hero versus Skull, um, which, you know, a lot of people have in their match of the year, like, top tens at this point. Um, it's got, I know a lot of people are excited to be seeing Cobb Sabre Jr. Um, Dunn Ricochet should be, I, I don't know anyone who's not into that match. Thing is, it, it clearly does have buzz, the Osprey Vader main event, just not amongst our circle. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, um, I'm sure it'll be a good show um, from like a, a star ratings perspective, uh, even if it, the main event perhaps makes it not too satisfying. But um, I'm looking forward to watching it, but I, I, I don't have any excitement for it, and I feel like I should, because there's, like, just, just looking at Dunn, Ricochet, Bowden White, and Hero Skirl, like, I should be excited for those three matches, and talking about them, I'm just, and thinking about them, I'm going, yeah, they're going to be really good, but some something's lacking. Yeah, um, I think... And we may, we may um, in the second half of this episode, be, be talking about one of the reasons for that. No big main event combined with your call fatigue, let's say. I think that's maybe why this show isn't getting hyped up as much. You know, if you're into Vader Osprey, this is a big show. Right, so uh, now we're going to take a little little break um, in the middle of this episode. Um, and then we'll come back on the other side of that break with some... I think, Ollie, you wanted to talk about uh, the recent uh, Fight Club Pro show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and maybe some uh, other small bits and pieces. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
let's talk about Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is the place to go if you're looking to buy men's clothing in North America. Be it hoodies, socks, underwear, or shirts, they're providing quality stuff for reasonable prices. And to add to that, it's a super easy shopping experience. What's not to love? Look, guys, you know I'm always honest with you on this show. I'm not going to lie to you for the sake of some ad read. I haven't been able to, to try out the Macworldon products. I wish I had, but they don't ship to the UK at the moment. I'd love it if they did, but they're currently US and Canada exclusive. Maybe I'll get to try out some of their fine wares when I'm over in Florida for Mania. But, but for now, I can only go off what others have told me. And every single thing I've been told from the, is that these guys deliver on everything they say. Uh, be it Rich, McCarran, or Joe, in his lovely hoodie. They're all super satisfied. These guys are people I trust, and they're all saying this stuff is quality. Hell, the young boy Case Lowe is raving about his recent purchase. And yes, even I call him the young boy, even though I'm only there's only a year between us. This guy is in the Voice of Wrestling staff chat, going on and on about how comfortable these boxes he's just bought are. I didn't realise a man could get so worked up over the underwear, but I guess that's just a testament to the quality of this product. Their quality, their premium fabrics, they're comfortable, they're antimicrobial, um, which is always good, I guess. I'd, I'd never really thought about it um, before, but I can guarantee you the stuff I'm wearing right now isn't antimicrobial, like their silver liners. Making me a bit jealous, you know? Uh, I, I tell you, I gotta get me some of this stuff when I'm over in the US next year. And you guys need to get yourself some of this stuff now. Because they can guarantee you that what they offer is better than what you're wearing right now. Yes, now. Look at yourself now. Look at the underwear you're wearing. Their stuff is better than that. Unless you're already wearing Matt Weldon, then good on you. But if you're not, their stuff is better. And they're so confident of that, that they have a no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. And you even get to keep the product that they've sent you. No questions asked. Now, as I mentioned, this is US and Canada exclusive at the moment. Um, but I, I, I look at the listener stats, so I know there's a bunch of you listening from the other side of the pond. A bunch of you. So we're relying on you guys. Go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and make a purchase. You won't be disappointed. And what's more, using the coupon code BRITRESS, that's all capitals, no spaces, B-R-I-T-W-R-E-S, like the title of this show, and you can get 20% off the order. Hell of a deal. What's stopping you? MacWeldon.com. You know what to do. And we're back. Um, we we talked a little uh, towards the end of the first half about perhaps the the lack of buzz for the the recent well this upcoming uprising York Hall show, um, and um, perhaps that reason is that these live at the cockpit shows that are kind of meant and booked to to hype up um, and build towards the uh, the 
the York Hall shows, they're well, they're not coming out. Um, that's, that's something I I kind of wanted to discuss a bit. I was um, talking to uh, I forget his second name, but I was talking to Ed um, off the Twitter um, at Graps Ed. Um, we'll shout out to him. He can thank me later. Um, who who actually went to one of the um, the last um, last live at the cockpit show, building up for this uprising show, um, and he was talking to me uh, and saying that it did a really really good job of of getting him invested uh, in a lot of the matches for your call um, for uprising uh, and getting getting him hyped and. And just giving like the matches some meaning, uh, and and kind of bringing them to your forefront of your mind, um, and that it was a real shame that these shows just aren't coming out in time for the York Hall shows, because you know you you're recording these these studio type shows with the ex- express aim of building up your bigger shows, and then the uh, the studio shows are coming out after the um bigger shows have taken place um do you do you think that's perhaps a reason that um we're not getting uh we're not feeling the same level of hype as as we were perhaps for um, before for the York Hall show it is a very odd practice and i i guess they can only get the cockpits on certain dates but um it would be more prudent of them to maybe like tape well in advance of the York Hall show maybe like a month in advance, so they can actually get it out maybe the week before uh, the York Hall show. Because um, at this current schedule, it's just not effective. Like, by the time that the cockpit shows are out, no one wants to watch them, and they're kind of irrelevant because we've already had the York Hall show after it that was more important and that it built up to. So it definitely hurts them the way that they're currently doing it, and I would like to see them either be able to get the cockpit shows out quicker or just change up the schedule in 2017 to the point where they can properly hype the York Hall shows up. Because I know when they started it, they did that um, Osprey Side Owl match, and that was very effective in hyping up the 2 out of 3 falls match, made me more excited for it, and it made that match a little bit better as a result. So they've proven that they can do it, but maybe better planning or just putting the cockpit shows on a higher priority needs to be done, because the cockpit shows are really good. You get at least one very good match on every show, um, and you get to see talent who you may otherwise not see in Rev Pro or Progress, so it does highlight the depth of Britress, and it's sort of like the gateway to be all cool for guys like Trent Seven who haven't been there yet, but have been really impressing on those cockpit shows, but they really need context, and they need to come out on time, and not after the all cool shows. Because uh, for a while they they were doing the Rev Pro TV thing, it almost feels that they've admitted defeat on that. But but even if they were just putting these shows out almost as like raw footage kind of thing, the way beyond I know Beyond does um, raw footage shows um, before they've they've had time to really go through and give them a good polishing and a, and an edit and add commentary. Um, they put out raw footage shows just to get them out on a quick timeline, that would be perfect for these. Um, you don't need all the fancy graphics and stuff. If you could add them later, great. But it, it's more important that they're just out in time 
for them to be relevant because these shows cockpit shows they've been good but a lot of so much of what they've done just doesn't feel important um because you've got like you've got like good segments building up matches that you've already seen so you just there's no point to the segments anymore um i think rev pro almost gets it's almost half unfair that a lot of their the uh, the feel for them is that they're just putting on matches um without any real build they're a very exhibitiony promotion and to a certain extent that's true but since they've started the um the cockpit shows they they really have made an effort consistently it's just no one is seeing the cockpit shows yeah they've made they've made an effort where they can obviously that's limited because you can't you know you can't have ricochet on every cockpit show to build up all his york hall matches obviously because he's in high demand and you know contracted elsewhere but um where they can they they have tried to build up these matches and for the most part i think they've done a pretty good job um but build that comes after the match just doesn't make any sense um uh, and they I, I don't know what the 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 answer for them is because do they do they need to like hire an editor um on priority obviously that's going to cost money and you know they're not i can't imagine cockpit shows are um what's the word reeling in reeking in the cash there's a word raking there. raking in the cash <laughs> i can't imagine the cockpit shows are raking in too much cash that they can afford to like uh go splash a load of money on an editor um since you know it's a pretty small venue um not too many tickets being bought but they need to figure something out because at the moment they kind of just feel pointless because they are storyline shows where the storyline isn't important in a way it would almost make more sense for the the york hall shows to be on delay because they're just kind of matches and the the build comes out quicker, so it's ahead of time. But the problem with that is obviously that the York Hall shows they're the shows people actually care about for the most part, and that you want them out straight away. But they they have to find something to make them work because what they're doing at the moment it's it it just feels like a waste because they're doing good things and they're not getting any of the benefit of it. Mm. Like, maybe scheduling better is an answer, but then you've got the problem that you're hyping shows a month or a month or whatever in advance, and that isn't really practical either. I think maybe they have to bite the bullet and get an editor, but, like, again, we don't really know if that makes business sense or not, so yeah, it's just, it's a weird situation to be in, but we'll see if they can write the shit uh, next year. I, I hope, I really hope they do, because... I th I think they've got a like a good system in place at the moment where they're you know they're having the cockpit shows that are building they as I said they're building well to the York Hall shows and they're running York Hall a bit more frequently for a while they were just a, an exhibition promotion um, running random cards with random matches that were consistently good but didn't really have any direction to them. They haven't been that for like a, a, at least a year and a half, but the way things are coming out, they may as well be. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. A promotion that has been doing good things, um, 
we kind of talked about them uh, launching their on-demand service two episodes ago, I think, uh, when we talked uh, about that, how they'd set up their Vimeo channel. Um, Fight Club Pro have released their first um, their first solo uh, VOD. Previously, they had put out um, they they'd done some shows with Chikara that they they put out on VOD, uh, but this was their first um, Fight Club Pro on their own show that they they gone out on their on-demand service, and um, good for them. It's got quite a bit of buzz, at least within the the Britrest bubble, because by all accounts, it was a great, great show, um, and, you know, released cheaply on-demand, and I'm really glad it's working out for them. Um, I'm... Because the more, the more site, the more promotions that are on-demand, and easily accessed footage, the, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and for that to happen, you need companies to achieve success. Um, and for that to happen, people need to be buying these shows. Um, Fight, Club Pro, uh, Fight Club Pro, they've made the move on to Vimeo. They've they put the show out pretty cheap. I think it was uh, four, four pounds for the show. Um, you know, bargain, by all accounts. Um, and the show delivered. And I I personally know quite a few people have bought it. And... I can't say I've watched it yet. Olympics has got in the way. Social life has got in the way. Being behind on a load of other wrestling has got in the way. But I will definitely be buying it at some point. And I really imagine that a lot more people are buying this than were buying DVDs. So mm. it looks like it's been a good move for them. Uh, and that's good. Uh, I, as I said, haven't seen the show. But Ollie, you have. Uh, and you say it was really good, right? Oh, yeah. It starts off with a fantastic Zack Sabre Jr. versus Travis Banks match, which I don't think if they had put this in, like, the third match or the fourth match on the show, that the show would have had, like, the same impact on me, but because they start off right away with a main event quality match um, that's just, like, fantastic catch wrestling kind of kind of style, but with that kind of fire that you don't see from, like, um, the, you know, the grapple you-know-who's <laughs> um, which went up. <laughs> we've been banned from saying that word on this podcast by Arn, but <laughs> he's not here. Grapple fuck away. Uh, so, but like the intensity and the fire in this match is just fantastic. Like Saber sort of schools Banks a little bit on the mat and like wraps him up into a pretzel, but then Banks fires back with like some ridiculous like European uppercuts and just screaming away, and the crowd's completely behind him, and this is the match that if you want to get sold on Travis Banks, this is the match that will do that. You sung his praises on the draft episode, and said that he could be a breakout star. This match kind of proves that he has that kind of potential. Like, he's so crisp in everything he does, he's got tons of intensity and passion, and this was just a fantastic match, really. <laughs> one of the better, one of the better matches um, in British wrestling this year. And the fact that they started the show off with it, I think, took a lot of balls. Um, but it made it like an immediate impact on me. So, like, a strong creative choice to start the show off with that. And then the main event, similar kind of intensity. Just uh, there was a lot of no selling between Sammy Callahan and Trent Seven for the vacant Fight Club Pro Championship, but. It worked because the atmosphere that they built up throughout the show was like one of strong style, one of like never giving in, all action kind of stuff. Like not a dull moment on the entire show, I think. Um, 
well, I will say, <laughs> I will say when there were dull moments um, in my criticisms after I've sung the praises of the main event, but yeah, fantastic main event as well. I'm not really a big Sammy Callahan fan, but he has impressed me this year in these kind of matches where he just goes balls to the wall and goes complete strong style, uh, like overblown, no selling <laughs> kind of stuff. I, I'm kind of, there was no selling, but I'm I'm overselling the no selling, if that makes any sense. Like, there was no selling, but it didn't detract from the match. It didn't feel like, ugh, they're not selling enough. Like, that was sort of the match that they were going for. That sort of, yeah, <laughs> I think I've made my point there. High intensity. Two really strong matches, and sandwiched in between them, three pretty good matches as well. Pete Dunn versus Tommy End had kind of a silly finish, but the match was really intense, really fun. Um... Dan Maloney versus, I think it was Lee Hunter, uh, had like a four-minute match that ended in a DQ, but they did absolutely everything in those four minutes. Very fun to see. And Chris Brooks versus Clint Margera uh, had the match that you'd expect them to have, which Rob probably wouldn't like, but it was I I found it very fun. And again, fitting with the tone of the show, it was a re like a really good atmosphere, good tone to the show. The crowd, for the most part, weren't trying to get themselves over or anything. They were just appreciating the matchups. Um, I will say that they need to invest in an HD camera <laughs> because <laughs> at points on this show, it was very difficult to even see what was going on, like when they were crowd balling in like this dark, dingy room and there's just this standard definition camera trying to follow them and you just see brief like flashes from the photographer and you can sort of see what's going on. But apart from that, <laughs> like the crowd brawling was basically just a mystery so better non-Dogma 925 production values necessary um, how, how also, did it look when they were actually in the in, in the ring? in the ring was okay you couldn't really get like there wasn't like I couldn't tell which Hunter brother it was because you couldn't ever really see his face partly because his hair was blocking his face but also because standard definition hair blocking face you can't yeah <laughs> you can't just really can't see anything um, in the ring, it was generally okay. Like, in the main event especially, you got a sense of, like, the emotion that both Callahan and Seven were trying to get across. But yeah, an HD camera is necessary, either hard cam or um, moving cam. It doesn't really matter. We just need better production values for it to really make an impact on the Britress scene. But... Yeah, it's a really strong start to their Vimeo service, and it got a lot of buzz, and I'm happy to give it more buzz, because it completely deserves it. Um, they run Wolverhampton. I get the feeling that they would want to run Birmingham if it wasn't so expensive. And Progress running... Bo well, I guess we, we were going to talk about this anyway, but Progress running two shows in Birmingham next year kind of feels like an intrusion on their turf. Like, with Manchester, there's no real like, established wrestling promotions in Manchester, but in Birmingham, like, that's sort of Fight Club Pro territory, even though it's Wolverhampton, which is the next town over, but I get the feeling that they would want to run Birmingham if they could, and obviously Progress have this O2 deal where they can run the O2 Academy there in Birmingham, which Fight Club Pro can't do. Well, they're only running twice. <laughs> they are twice only running year, twice, but so, it feels like know, a... <laughs> you know, when the Romans just kind of edged up to barbarian territory, they they were just saying, oh, we're just kind of, you know, hanging around here, and the next minute they <laughs> conquered the entire yeah, thing. They so. could, they could uh, <laughs> you know, 
if they're running two shows a year, they could you know comfortably they could easily just reinvigorate um, the the wrestling scene around that area, um, make more people be looking for um, for for shows to go in the the Birmingham area, and uh, that's gonna help Fight Club Pro potentially. Um, Obviously, if they're running like on the same weekend, that's not going to be helpful. But uh, yeah, if only running twice, I don't, I don't really <laughs> see that as too bad. Twice with a potential to run more. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just I'm being uh, what's the word? <laughs> Negative about it. Like progress, they they've got a they've got a, such an interesting vibe around them that you. I feel like a lot of people who aren't, like, British indie wrestling fans will end up at those Progress shows from Birmingham because someone will say, oh, you've got to go to Progress. They'll get... Maybe they'll then become Brit-Rest fans. They're living in Birmingham. Short trip out to Wolverhampton. That said, Um, Fight Club Pro, when I did go there, I had to leave before the end of the show just to get home to Birmingham. So <laughs> they could stand to run their shows a little earlier, because when you're living in the next town over and still have to leave before the end of the show to make sure you actually get home at all, uh, that's maybe less than ideal. So that is one area they can improve on and maybe mark their territory a bit better. <laughs> Let's all just get along. We don't need that <laughs> territory wars. <laughs> Um, maybe I'm like trying to stir stir shit here. Stir maybe shit, I'm uh, maybe everything is happy families. I don't know. I'm uh, it's just something I was potentially thinking about. It's a fair observation. It's a fair observation. Um, you you mentioned you mentioned that they could um, they would want to to get a HD camera. Did you say they also didn't have the hard cam? They did have a hard cam, but oh, it was they did also have a hard cam. standard definition. So good because I for some. Well, for me, I can never get into a show or, or a match if there's no hard cam. Yeah, oh, there, there, um, were, there was the one hard cam and one uh, cameraman, but both standard definition cameras, just like handheld camcorders, you know. Well, I'll I'll probably be watching it over the next week or so, so um, I'll uh, I'll make my own judgment on on that end. But, but yeah, uh, and the runtime as well, I appreciated just ninety minutes. You know, you're in and you're out for the length of time of a film. It's not like like a marathon, three-hour, four-hour deal. Like it's it's a simple, easy watch. Five matches, um, and you a lot of fun. Fit into your wrestling schedule. Oh yeah, that like <laughs> we're in a very busy part of the year, so <laughs> much appreciated that it was only ninety minutes, and you get two four-star matches for four pounds. So, <laughs> oh, Ring of Honor. Will Ospreay. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was coming, but that's that's just come out. Wow. <laughs> I, I was, that is for the the UK tour, but um, I I've been that told they were in talks. Um, th- this is this is dropping live as we uh, <laughs> um, so it's nine nine twenty five now. It just dropped at nine twenty four. Um, that's that's potentially a very big get. For yeah. Because I'd I'd been told that they made reached out um to Will Ospreay about debuting for them when they came over to the UK, and then that kind of all got muddied uh, when Evolve and Paul Heyman came in, 
uh, and we're like, oh, sign this contract. Um, the talk was that that contract would be exclusivity in the US. This is a UK show, oh. so the, therefore not in the US. Yeah, so it's true. not necessarily cut and dry, but, but it this is, is Will Ospreay a good move for Ring Ospreay. Honor, so. um, and I'm going to be seeing him. Oh, what's interesting is uh, Ring of Honor are running November, I think it's 18th, 19th, and 20th. Um, they're definitely they're running Liverpool, Leicester, and London. Um, um. It's only 18th Osprey's and only with them for Liverpool and London. <laughs> where, um, where, does he not like Leicester? <laughs> um, well, there's nothing there apart from um, a trophy. That's a <laughs> that's an intriguing announcement. Almost because it's saying less than it's saying more. <laughs> it almost raises more questions than it answers. Yes, it's Osprey and Ring of Honor, but it's Osprey and Ring of Honor in Britain. And only on two days out of the three. <laughs> yeah, he's missing the 19th, um, which is the middle date, which is very interesting. Maybe he's got a prior booking. Um, I may have to look into that. Um, but that's that's good for for Ring of Honor. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it means they haven't been completely defeated when they should have won without even a contest happening. Yeah. Although they are kind of competing at WWE money, but that's uh, that's that's another story. <laughs> um, yeah, we've kind of been thrown off by that uh, that announcement, but that's that's very interesting. And yes, I'm going to be seeing Osprey again. Yay! Three times in a week and a half. <laughs> Good stuff. Because he really should be in Ring of Honor, like. He's with New Japan. He's a New Japan, New guy. Japan are like, quote unquote, best friends with Ring of Honor. <laughs> Conspiracy theories aside, um, it, if Ring of Honor didn't get Osprey, that would be a disaster for them. New Japan um, are like the Bart Simpson to Ring of Honor's Millhouse. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great comparison. Um, just well, I say it would be a disaster. It probably wouldn't. It wouldn't like be a like. A disaster for their immediate business, probably, but just for perception and yeah. hype. Like Osprey is probably the biggest, most hyped, well, not the biggest star in wrestling at the moment, but the, the one with the most buzz at the moment. I'd say that may be my bias being British, seeing him coming up and him being my favorite wrestler. But uh, he's definitely up there buzz-wise, and them getting him is a big get. I I'd been told that they reached out to him and from quite as soon as they uh, announced these UK shows they 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 told Osprey we would like you to debut here. Things got very quiet on that end um, when the the whole Heyman situation came through. I am fascinated to see how this ends up playing out, but them getting Osprey to put his foot in the door with them that's it's nothing but a good thing. It's crazy to think um, Osprey has worked TNA, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Evolve, all in one year, <laughs> like one calendar year. And PWG, of course, and oh, GFW, yeah. and GFW, the, the global <laughs> titan GFW. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then obviously all the the Euro Indies, Rev Pro, Southside, Progress, WXW, OTT, Blimey, um, Busy Boy. <laughs> 
Yeah, Osprey, you, you promised everyone you were cutting back. <laughs> um, yeah. We're... I can't remember how far through a discussion we were uh, when that Osprey thing dropped. I think we were just about wrapping up on Fight Club Pro. Um, yeah. I, def- I fully recommend Rage Against the Death Machine. Like, what, what a way to start their Vimeo service. Doing all that again. Um, speaking of promotions that recently-ish started a, a VOD service from the, the UK, um, Attack Pro Wrestling from Wales and West England um, recently uh, put up a show, uh, Rafflemania 2, um, which took place in Bristol at the beginning of July, um, and that's I've, that's got a lot of good reviews um, in particular, and this is a another shout-out for Travis Banks, uh, I've been told he had an absolutely phenomenal match against Tyler Bate on that show. Uh, that's another one on my docket that um, is stupidly long. Um, but yeah, that's that's another quick shout-out for them. Because um, sometimes we kind of get wrapped up in talking just progress in RevPro. Um, yeah, Attack, another great promotion. They're like Chikara at its best from a few years ago. That's, that's the kind of vibe you get from them. Um, they, they've got a lot of great wrestlers. They... They have comedy wrestling that I enjoy, and I don't enjoy comedy wrestling. Um, Attack are a great promotion. Um, super, super fun and easy watchers of their shows. And um, by all accounts, Rafflemania 2, uh, Strip Wrecked. Strip Wrecked? I'm not sure I get that reference, but... Uh... Oh, a strip for a raffle tickets. There we go. Um, understanding... Wrestling show names live on the air, but not live. Um, yeah, tangent aside. Yeah, that by all accounts, that's a really great example. If you're if you're at all into interested in checking out Attack, um, which as I said is like a think Chikara when they had the Kings of Wrestling that that sort of era. Um, that this is the show to check out. Attack Pro are another promotion that's just so easy to watch their shows. They're they're nice and short and compact. You never feel that anything's dragging and they're just just enjoyable. So so enjoyable. They they may not necessarily have match of the year contenders every time out, although I've been told Travis Banks versus Tyler Bate might be. Um but I've never watched an Attack Pro show or heard someone um, watch an Attack Pro show and come out disappointed. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe give, give one of those two shows a, a chance. Uh, if you're someone who has dabbled into uh, Brit Rest, maybe they've watched some Rev Pro, um, some Progress. They're, they're into both of them, but they've never really gone into the next level. If you're looking to look um, trial some you know, mid-level... Um, mid-level Brit Ress and um, don't want to go in blind and end up with like a PCW or an ICW <laughs> show uh, and then get burned and never want to watch Brit Ress again because they're awful promotions um, then yeah uh, check out Rafflemania 2 or Rage Against the Death Machine they're both cheap, they're both easy watchers they're both short um, they're both uh, Midlands shows as well which is kind of the undiscovered scene in British wrestling because we've got uh, Scotland covered, we've got obviously London is more than covered, um, the North as well with PCW, um, but Midlands, I think with 
both of these promotions getting Vimeo accounts means that a lot more people will be able to watch them, and it'll get the due that it deserves. Alright, um, I think it's about time for us to, to wrap up this show then, unless there's anything else you want to mention. We've kind of mentioned Progress are going to be starting running Birmingham next year. Yeah, I think... Uh... And the other thing that was maybe worth mentioning from... Uh, oh no, two two other things that were <laughs> worth mentioning from the Progress schedule. Uh, one, Super Strong Style 16 next year is going to be a three-day affair, uh, which is very interesting. I think that's um, a good move, because... Day two, the last two years, has felt very compact, and maybe not a lot of chance to for the matches to breathe and really, like, be what they should be, I guess. You saw that in the final this year, where it was just six minutes long, because they just had to get the show over. Um, that won't be as much of an issue with three days. They'll have a lot more time to play with, and can make it what it needs to be. There's been some um, talk of perhaps them moving up to like a 24-man tournament. Um, one, I hope they don't do it, um, because... Triple threat final. <laughs> yeah, or like, you, with 24 you have to have triple threat. At some stage you can do like a triple threat semi-finals yeah. and then have... But, you know, I'd rather just it be a straight singles. Uh, also, they'd have to change the name. Um, <laughs> Strong Style 24 doesn't sound anywhere near as good. No. Um... And also, if you're just adding people, it you know your your theory of that them expanding to three days is going to give matches more time to breathe. That's not going to happen yeah. if you expand to twenty four. Um, keep it sixteen. Keep it sixteen. Have a few more non tournament matches. Throw throw more women's matches in there. Throw, yeah. throw, and, and a tag match. Tag team. Too. Yeah, yeah. You see how good uh, WXW books their shows on day two and three. Uh, keep it. Plenty of variety yeah. in those matches. They can progress can easily do that. And then the uh, the third thing that's um, worth noting, um, they're actually doing less Manchester shows next year, which is interesting. Yeah, the um, Birmingham shows have replaced two of the Manchester shows. I, I once asked, I can't remember which one of the uh, progress guys it was, but I asked them, "Are you at capacity now for your current?" Because they all have full-time jobs as yeah. well. Um, well, not necessarily nine to five. They're all in, like, one's a comedian, one's a stage show guy. So it's not, like, you're, you're straight what you think of when you think of a full-time job. But they are full-time jobs. They, they may be just different hours to what you would expect. And that's why Glenn's not at the shows for the next couple of um, shows. And the last one, I think. Um well, actually, no. Marty attacked him. That's <laughs> um, he's he's not starring in a stage show. <laughs> sorry, sorry for breaking kayfabe. Um, but um, they they all have full time jobs, and I, I talked to them, and they they said, I think it was like a Q, Twitter Q and A or something, uh, and they said, at at our current stages in life, where we're all in these jobs, we can't run more shows than we're currently running. We're at capacity, so them running Birmingham had to be a thing where they were like we can't run Birmingham as well we'll run less Manchester shows because also the Manchester shows they are the shows that are I don't think they've sold out every one um, so it makes sense that they take restrict the supply of them a little bit hopefully they will then sell out all the Manchester shows um, and they may actually have sold them all out I can't quite remember but they're, they're 
compared to the London shows. They're slower lot... sellers, yeah. They're definitely slower sellers, and I think one or two have not quite sold out. I think they've all they've all been good, good attended, well attended, but um, yeah, they um, you can understand the logic of running a few less, hopefully building more hype for them because there's less of them. Um, and then then selling out well, and also you get to you get to run. Now they're running in the south, in the Midlands, and in the north, which is you know it it's it just feels right, I guess. Mm. Also, for, for like running half an hour away from my house at uni, so <laughs> on a yeah. personal level, I much prefer Birmingham to Manchester. <laughs> you definitely can't complain. Um, I said two things were notable, but uh, I've just thought of another one. They they've kind of teased. Uh, I think the way they put it is, I can't, I can't remember the number. I think it was forty, it may have been fifty something. Um, I may look that up and edit that in. No, screw it. I can't be able to do that. Um, <laughs> the September show for twenty seventeen. Um, they've they've in London. They've left us to be decided for the venue. Mm. Um, the running theory is. If Brixton goes well, um, the uh, envir- the atmosphere there is good, um, they sell out, um, then they will probably run there again. Um, if they don't sell out, or they get there and they go, you know what, this venue isn't quite right for wrestling, um, then they probably won't run there again. Um, that's that's probably that's the running logic, um, which obviously makes sense. You don't want to commit to something um, before you you know it's a success. The first time round, you don't want to commit to it a second time, or you know do an ICW and commit something bigger, um, which may be coming to to bite them in the arse at the moment. Um, yes, so that's that's the three three things that came out on the progress schedule uh, announcement. Um, they they made a big deal out of the number three. Everyone jumped to EC three um, for whatever reason, <laughs> but uh, which I thought was, I always thought was a bit strange. The amount of people who jumped to EC three from just seeing the Roman numerals for free. Um, but what it ended up being was uh, moving to a third city in Birmingham. Uh, super strong style going to third day, and uh, there was one other thing that I'm forgetting. What was that? Uh, adding a third date to the the Canada shows that they're running with Smash. Um, I can't remember the city, and I've just closed the page. But um, maybe Oshawa. Oshawa sounds right. Yes, they're they're running Oshawa, uh, which they weren't running for the other two. All the Oshawans listening to this podcast get excited. Yes, although you probably knew that um, anyway. But yeah, um, so yeah, they were the three things they they brought up. No easy free, um, sadly for TNA fans. Yeah, I think we should wrap up now because. We said that like half an hour ago at this point. <laughs> um, we said mini-episode. This is probably going to end up being like an hour and a half, um, if not longer. But got that's uh, kind of bombarded by other Will Ospreay talk. He's never never out of our minds. No, no. Um, you can uh, follow me at the R-double, T-H-E-R-D-O-U-B-L-E. Um, you can follow Ollie at another Ollie. Uh, you can find both of our work over at VoicesOfWrestling.com, um, where you can find a multitude of reviews, columns, previews, um, and you know pretty much everything 
you you could want to read wrestling wise, apart from maybe Lucha. Um, go to Lucha blog for that. They're they're good for that. Um, and he writes for us as well. So symmetry. No, that's not the word. Synergy. Synergy. Um, if you want to help us out, um, obviously the the prior I mentioned Mac Weldon. And get 20% off with the code BRITREST. That's all capital letters. B-R-I-T-W-E-R-E-S. Um, get yourself some fantastic underwear. Um, you can go to voiceofwrestling.com slash WWE shop. Um, and you don't have to spend a penny extra. Uh, we get a little kickback. Uh, you can do the same at voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon. Or voiceofwrestling.com voiceofwrestling.com slash seatgeek um, again you don't spend a penny extra, you help us out we appreciate it, thank you very much um, Ollie, plug, what other plugs do you have? Oh, we have uh, the upcoming well, the chapter 33 progress review will be coming out shortly um, got a lot to say about that show <laughs> Uh, and I've sort of tried to hold back this time, and I'm annoyed that I'm not going to be on the next show to talk about it. Um, but you should definitely listen in because I I assume um Rob and Arn will have a lot to say about it too. <laughs> uh, yes. And also Indeed. um F4W uh Euro section in the newsletter there. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and goodbye. Goodbye. Or that would have been the end, uh, had not five minutes after we'd stopped recording, uh, a big BritRest-related scoop uh, came out. Uh, and that's that RevPro is going to be holding an event at WrestleMania weekend in Orlando next year. Um, first of all, wow. Um, imagine even considering that happening, like... Like let's three years ago even that would have just been insane. Two years ago that would have been insane, but uh, that's going to be reality next year. Um, Brit Rest has a big enough brand that they can run in America in a market they've never been in before. More than likely against heavy competition, um, probably from Evolve and WWN. Um, they're going to be running shows. Alongside WrestleCon, um, they're going to be running March 31st, so that's the Friday of WrestleMania weekend, at 4pm. And that's that's just very exciting, and we, you know, we, we reached the end of the episode, we saw that straight after recording, we went, you know what, we have to talk about that. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of layers to this announcement. Um, first of all, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see, like, a proper British wrestling show on that kind of stage, um, with like everyone who enjoys indies watching during WrestleMania weekend, watching every variety of indie show there is. You know, you got Evolve, you got Ring of Honor, you got Kaiju, <laughs> all in the same place, all the heavy hitters, and Rev Pro are in there now. Um, they're running it with WrestleCon um, on Friday, the thirty-first of March at four p.m. So yeah, <laughs> that is a thing that's happening, and I guess it sort of relates to what we were talking about, Will Ospreay, a bit earlier as well. Yeah, so my immediate thought is, oh damn, is that running opposite 
the Ring of Honor show, uh, which is dates recently been announced. But uh, I, I went and looked that up, and that was actually happening on the first uh, of April. Um, you would imagine Will Ospreay will be working Rev Pro. Um, I think that's that's a fair assumption to be made. Um, he's a big part of Rev Pro. He's probably the most recognizable star. You could argue uh, Saber Junior as well, but um, probably it would. I would be surprised if Osprey did not run Rev Pro, and I would be surprised if Rev Pro agreed to run this show without knowing that they would have Osprey on here. Um, that's going to be very interesting. Because if Rev Pro, uh, sorry, if Osprey does sign this much talked about, potentially mythical contract uh, that Heyman handed him, um, that would, you know, in theory, um, from everything that's come out, that would make him exclusive to uh, Evolve and WWN in the US. This would go directly against that, especially as there's a good chance that Rev Pro, um, that this Rev Pro show is going to be running directly against uh, a an Evolve show. Um, I think that's that's just another indication that uh, Osprey is probably going to be more tied to to Ring of Honor because th this show is very. It's the day before um, Ring of Honor, and it would make a lot of sense for, for Osprey to work here and then Ring of Honor for, for WrestleMania weekend. Because prior to this, it was like, well, that's a bit weird. Ring of Honor only running one WrestleMania weekend show. You don't think Osprey's going to be there and just do one show when like there's a hundred shows happening over the weekend. If he was working Rev Pro and Ring of Honor, that would make a lot more sense. Um, yeah, I think this is tied also to the announcement that we uh, got in earlier that uh, he's working Ring of Honor in Britain. Like, I think this is sort of subtly saying that he's going to be tied to Ring of Honor instead of Evolve in America. Is that we, safe to presume? We may be reading way too much into this. <laughs> um, Maybe there's there's a chance that like Evolve runs because this show's taking place at 4 p.m. Maybe Evolve runs at 7 that night and he he run he works twice twice in that day, or whatever. Like you know, he did do that last last year. But uh, for me, it's another indication that Ring of Honor's where he's destined. Um, which you know really that's where he should be if there's any sense to the Ring of Honor New Japan relationship. But uh, Ring of Honor is a strange, strange place, and that relationship is very one-sided, so that's very much up in the air. Um, but it does seem like he's going to fall down in Ring of Honor. Um, alongside, obviously, is Rev Pro, Progress, and New Japan um, working. I, I imagine there'll be the four places where he's working regularly um, next year. Maybe, maybe OTT as well, because he does love OTT. Um, we won't talk too much about this, because obviously very little has come out apart from that there is a show. Um, who would you think is coming over for this? I'll reel off some names straight away. Um, I think, as we said, Osprey, very likely. Sabre Jr. Mm -hmm. is going to be there. Yeah. Um, Skrull, going to be there. I just think Haskins, um, Andrews, and Dunn are very likely. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that, yeah. Maybe, that, maybe Andrews definitely. is the interesting pull there because he's hasn't been in Rev Pro for quite a while. Yeah, I don't know about Andrews, but 
he's got a bit of a name in the US. Yeah, those four definitely. Um, Saber Junior, Skull, Osprey, and Dunn. I also think that we will also see Bodum there. Yeah. Because um, he's very tight in with Rev Pro. Um, I think there's a good chance we'll see Samuels as well. Because um, they're, they're holding this as a Rev Pro show, and it that maybe wouldn't come off too well if they use like five British guys who were there anywhere working other shows <laughs> that weekend. Yeah, and I, think, I think. Out with local guys. I think they'll bring in a couple of like US debuts. Well, I say that, but Trent Seven has done Shikara in the past. But I think Trent I think Seven, we'll Brian Smile, potentially. That's 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 a prediction considering Smile's only worked there once. But uh, by then, it could <laughs> be a big deal. Uh, I think um, I also think we'll see Martin Sk- Martin Stone there. Yeah, Martin Stone is a um, good shout. Do you think we'd see like? Um, do you think there's a potential to see maybe Ginny there? And Ooh. maybe one other woman. Potentially, I think they need to get on York Hall first. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... before we book an American card. But yeah, there's potential there for debut uh, US debuts there for British people. Because um, um, tying into the women thing, um, the following day at four p.m. WrestleCon, which you know they're running along, they're running with Rev Pro uh, in the same building. They're running a, a super show, a women's super show. Um, so if RevPro did bring over, say, two women, they could, you know, pretty naturally slot into there, and then Shimmer also always runs a, uh, well, I say always, for the last few years they've run a, uh, a tournament, um, over WrestleMania weekend, so, you know, there's opportunities for women to be working there. Yeah, it's a very exciting announcement, uh, which makes it all the more puzzling that it, like, they haven't announced anything on their Twitter yet. You'd think they'd, uh set us straight rather than we're sort of flying blind here, but <laughs> I'm sure Rampant something will come speculation. out fairly soon. Do you feel they bring over the tag champs? Can if say they still had the belts at that point in time? I could see that, yeah. That certainly um of the same standard, like they wouldn't be like behind anyone else. Um Wrestling wise, so Redmond yeah. and Garrett, we're talking about here because, like, I, I feel like there are there are people that like a Bodum draws in, um, that a Garrett doesn't at this point. Maybe well, we're still like half a year away, um, so six months down the line, that may be different. He may have had some breakout performances for Rev Pro, um, but he feels less intrinsic to the the um. Getting to see the Rev Pro product, Bodum is, you know, he's on all the shows, he's a Rev Pro guy. Garrett, him not being on a show wouldn't make it go, make you go, yeah. oh, this isn't really a Rev Pro show. I think, um, say they have six matches and they want at least one British guy in every match. So, Sabre Jr., Osprey, Skull, Dunn, Bodum, I think of. I I think yeah, <laughs> book their plane tickets already. <laughs> um, but there's the a couple PWD of other spots there. guys you'd imagine would be there. Which other guys? All all the PWG UK guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Andrews is maybe the the one where you go. Hmm, maybe yeah, he could do Galloway. I think he'd be there. Or would that? Oh yeah, Galloway. Oh, he'd probably be with Evolve. Evolve. <laughs> it, it all obviously it all depends when are Evolve running. Uh, yeah. On this point. And we're a long way away anyway. We like six months from now, 
Pete Dunne may have fallen out with Rev Pro. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, that was just a random name. That's not alluding to anything. Um, that I know of, anyway. Um, Good save. <laughs> um, yeah, so so we're just tacking this on the end. We don't really know anything. Um, yeah, we were just, just caught, reacting, caught blind, immediate you know? reactions to this announcement. Um, we won't do plugs again. We won't bore you with that. Um, again, thanks for listening, and... For the second time, <laughs> good night. Good night. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.